0: This evening, the Book of Mark, chapter number seven, and the Book of Mark, chapter number seven, and we want to be obedient to uh, the Lord. And there's many things that I'd like to preach, but there are assignments that He gives, and I, I, I just quit arguing with Him. Uh, you know, we just want to be obedient to Him. He's the one that can do what needs to be done this evening. He's the one that knows us better than ourselves, and His words a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. And it gets dark sometimes, but I'm glad there's always some enlightenment from the Word of God. Sure enjoyed the preaching today, and all the men of God that stood and uh, preached, uh, preached the Word, and helped me. I, I feel like I have been the recipient of this meeting, and uh, I'm going to lead better than I came by the Word of God that we got to hear. And I uh, appreciated all the preaching. I appreciate a, a statement uh, Uh, that uh, Brother Chris made, uh, understanding as a young man uh, that has not yet went through a lot of things. They're preaching truth, and truth's right, and truth will always be right. But there's some things you just don't understand till you go through them. That's why I said last night I made the statement, not at you or at my church, but I understand everybody doesn't understand. A lot of times you make statements and people kind of cock their eye at you like, you know, but there's a few that do. And old Brother Langston, y'all know Brother Langston. Yeah. I knew him ever since I was born, I guess. Him and my daddy was best friends. And he would always say, never say never. Never say never. Because <clears throat> you never know what a day may bring forth. And, uh, but God's good. And Brother Stacy talking about David. David said, it is good. That, that sat down deep in my heart after my brother uh, left this world. David said, "It is good that I have been afflicted, that I might learn Thy statutes. It is good right now that I have been. That's the only way we're going to learn. And uh, you, you learn. Um, you, there, it's East Tennessee language, you know. There's a lot of things you, you live. You got to you learn, but there's a lot of things you got to live. And uh, the Lord will be faithful. Amen." And again, thank you for the good motel room. Brother Piercy and I was talking about it. You stay in a lot of motel rooms, and, uh, but I appreciate the one that we're in. Uh, got that big old bed, got a couch, and he said if I throw myself out of the bedroom, I can go put myself on the couch. And just like being home, amen. and uh, Amen. Amen. Mark chapter 7. If you found your place, if you'd stand with us, I told you the messages that we're trying to deliver outside of our church are things that the Lord has done for us and with us up there on the mountain. And I'm praying that he will help us tonight. This was actually the first burden that we had out of Mark this year when we went back to the first of Mark and looked at the miracles. There's more miracles in the book of Mark than there are in any of the other three Gospels. And it's the smallest. And then you know John Mark wasn't alive when the earthly ministry of Jesus was going on. But Peter was the one that instructed uh, John Mark uh, in his writings. And that's always uh, in the back of my mind when I listen to what Mark says but I, because I know it's got a flavor, it's got an insight uh, of Simon Peter. And in verse number 31, the Bible said, And again, departing from the coast of Tyre and Sidon, he came unto the Sea of Galilee through the midst of the coast of Decapolis, And they bring unto him one that was deaf, and had an impediment in his speech. And they beseech him to put his hand upon him. And he took him aside from the multitude, and put his fingers into his ears, and he spit, and touched his tongue. And looking up to heaven, he sighed, and saith unto him, Epaphrath, that is, be opened. And straightway his ears were opened, and the string of his tongue was loosed. And he spake plain. And he charged them that they should tell no man. But the more he charged them, so much the more a great deal they published it. And were beyond measure astonished, saying, He hath done all things well. He maketh both the deaf to hear and the dumb to speak. You can be seated. Please keep your Bibles open. I'm interested in that statement in verse number 37, where they said, He hath done all things well. It was on a Monday morning I'd pulled into the credit union there in Burnsville and I'd got a text message and it was actually from a family that I pastored when I was in Knoxville. And uh, there was a family, there was a mom and dad and then they had a daughter and then the daughter had a little son. This little son was sick ever since he had been born and I got the text message that they were going to have to do surgery on his heart. He was just a little fella. And I know that they had to be traumatized by, you know, going to crack open that chest and work on that little man. And as a mama, you can imagine, as a daddy, you're trying to, you know, hold up the family. And in my prayer right there in the truck before I went into the credit union, I asked God to help them. I asked God to intervene. I asked God to touch the physician's hand. But somewhere in that prayer, I was reminding myself that He hath <coughs> done all things well. And when I got back home, I got to wondering where have I read that in the Word of God. It's only mentioned, that phrase is only mentioned one time, and it's in our text this evening. And it don't have to be mentioned a whole lot, because he hath done all things well. And he's always going to do all things well. He can't do wrong, he's never done wrong. Uh, But he has done all things well. When you look at this story that we're going to look at tonight, You see the worth of one sinner. And I'm going to, we don't know what this man's name is. We do know that he is a male. And we don't know if he's young, middle aged, or old. But I'm going to name him one. We don't know what his name is, but they're going to bring one uh, to Jesus. And there is the worth of one sinner. Have you ever heard, you know, they had revival over there? There's, uh, there's one that got saved. Uh, if that one's ever yours, uh, you'll tear the walls down, amen. I'm glad for the worth uh, of a sinner. Then we're going to see the work of the Savior. Jesus is going to do something for this young man, really, that he has never or never did again in his earthly ministry. He does never have to duplicate what he does. Uh, he's not in imitating himself. He hath done all things well. Way- and then these that bring him when the story's over they stand back in amazement that God had done what they asked him to do I'm looking for the day when I scratch my head and say preach him did work and pray him did work and holding the line did work and stand back like these in amazement and say he had done all things well we could look at this young man in Jesus spiritually and some of that's what we're going to look at and we'll look physically what his impediments were but there's a message also prophetically about the Jews the nation of Israel they could not hear they would not accept that Jesus was the Messiah and what they do these people in this story they do they do the best they can they do all they can and when they have done all they can and it does not work they go get Jesus and I know that that sounds simple, like Brother Davy said this morning, uh, but that's the only thing that's going to help uh, uh, the situations that we're carrying denied. Uh, they've done all they can do, and that's admirable. I think we should. Uh, but uh, the precept of a miracle is man has exhausted all of his ability, uh, went to every doctor, tried everything, uh, but cannot do what needs done. And then Jesus steps in. Uh, I'm glad the the lord's able to do miracles. I used to talk about the sovereignty of God everywhere I went because it made people nervous. He's sovereign. The only reason it ain't in the Bible is because potentate's in the Bible. You know what potentate means? It means sovereign. They said them old English writers didn't want to put sovereign because there were many sovereigns. There were many kings. they ain't no other king but the king of kings and the Lord of lords. Prosperity. Brother Austin mentioned prosperity. A lot of people get nervous you mention about prosperity. Joshua said God would prosper our way. But I tell you something I found that's starting to make independent Baptists nervous is when you mention miracles. I was told by one man that we are not in the miracle dispensation. But the greatest miracle that's ever took place is when a sinner dead and trespasses in sin headed to a devil's hell and the prayers of the people of God and the moving of the Holy Ghost does what only God can do. It's greater than giving sight to the blind, giving hearing to the deaf, making the lame to walk. When God Almighty raises a man, woman, boy or girl that's dead and trespasses in sin according to what according to what i read in the old testament if he can if he can't save then he can't heal but he can heal and he can save baby let's look at this story real fast and see where god might help us notice in verse number 31 i call this the moving of the savior now i don't know really how to explain this but i do like again i thank god for agains jesus didn't have to but he chose to And again, departing from the coast of Tyre and Sidon, he came unto the Sea of Galilee through the midst of the coast of the Decapolis. Now, men that I've read after, they said that it would be like leaving where we are and going to Statesville to get to Charlotte. He didn't go the normal way or the straight way. But he knows, the God man knows as somebody in need of a touch. He knows they are burdened. They have done all they can do. And there's going to be a head-on encounter when they get there in verse number 31. At the midst of the coast of the capitalist. God's not putting this thing together as he goes. God doesn't say, man, I'm lucky to be able to bump into him. Uh, he left, knowing where he was going, uh, knowing what the need was, and he still does tonight. He still does tonight. Notice in verse 32, there's a ministry shown, and they bring unto him one, or so one that was death. See, these people had a burden. When you start following these miracles in the four gospels. More than likely, the majority of the time, it was others getting their burden to Jesus. It was others uh, tearing the roof off, letting them down. It was others. Uh, Now we can say, you know, we don't believe in all of that and we we are whosoever. uh, But what are we doing uh, about those that are lost uh, on the other side of the world, uh, in in other countries, in other races? uh, But what about in our own household, uh, our own family, our own loved ones? uh, uh, Hey, somebody got under a burden uh, and the ministry, uh, they, they bring him unto him. They bring him unto him. And I got so there's so much liberty here. I got so many things you got to help me pray and keep my mind straight. See him these miracles. You had uh, blind Bartimaeus. He had been blind since birth. Jesus touched him. That's a picture of a sinner getting saved. There was another man that was blind, but he when Jesus touched him, he said, "I see men as trees walking." He needed to be restored. He knew, hey, the Lord, he said, I see men as trees walking, but the Lord didn't stop there. He touched him again. I, I know I'm preaching to Jimbo. Y'all have let me come down here to preach to myself and you even give me a love offering. Uh, hey, sometimes situations get a little better uh, and we get a little lax uh, and it ain't knocking down the walls. Uh, seems like it's calm just a little bit and we want us, but God's got better. God's got, just like He's going to do for this boy. He's going to touch him uh, and He's going to hear and He's going to speak plain. And if God can't do it tonight, we might as well pack up and eat and drink and be merry, because tomorrow we die. They bring him unto him. Who did they bring? They brought one. One. The importance of one. I got my one's name written down right here because live streaming stuff, I can't say it. I got my one wrote down here. Now I'm just being honest. I kind of let up on my one because everything kind of got a little better. It got to coasting along, kind of looked on the surface, and and that heavy burden, it wasn't God removed it. I kind of removed it from myself. Because I'm going to tell you, if you've ever brought one to God uh, with a burden, uh, with prayer, uh, understanding you can't. He's the only one that can. Uh, Hey, when it starts to be a little smooth sailing, uh, it is so easy to say, hey, let's just let it slide in from here. It was one. He's got a bad problem. He was deaf. And he had an impediment of his speech. He can't hear. I know this is real deep, but that's what the problem is tonight. I preach to them. They can't hear. I cry to them, and they can't hear. I want to shake them, but they can't hear. I teach them, they can't hear. Singers, some of the best singers breathing air have sung to them, but they can't hear. And I understand everybody don't understand that. When I was a young preacher, I used to think when I preached, everybody heard it, everybody ought to be in the altar, but it takes a working of God Almighty to enlighten the sane, to enlighten the sinner, and they've done all they can. I can see mom and daddy saying, boy, why don't you hear? Why don't you do? Why do you keep looking at me like that? Then the next day they'd get up weeping and crying. Why are you not responding? Why is it always he's got he's deaf he's deaf then he can't speak the bible said he had an impediment in his speech you look that up that screen we had last night it means he's tongue tied he can't tell you how he feels you ever talk to a sinner they can't explain it now those that were raised in church, they know the proper etiquette. They know all the things to say. And they know how to act when they walk in. They know how to act when they're around church. But they do not know how to get it out. They can't get it out. Uh, they're bound in sin. Their tongue is tied. Their heart is twisted. Uh, this is in a bad situation. Uh, somebody has realized it. Uh, they get him to Jesus. Uh, and they ask Jesus to do what they can. Lord, would you touch him? Would you touch him? He can't hear. Notice in verse... I saw this at the motel room. At the end of verse 32, and they beseech him to put his hand upon him. This one ain't asking nobody to do nothing. They're intervening on his behalf. (laughs) That's the responsibility of man so y'all don't get nervous, okay? It's our responsibility to intercede on their behalf. They can't. They can't speak. They can't talk. They don't have an audience with God. They're, They're deaf. They can't hear. But somebody got a burden. Somebody got before God. And they, whoever they were, they started beseeching. Y'all know that word beseech. It means to call for, to cry for, to beg. The individual's not crying. He's not begging. He's just going through his death life and his speech impediment life. He's just going like he's always done. But somebody got under a burden. They beseech him. That's the common thread in the miracles that somebody got a burden and got them to Jesus. My brother had a burden for me for about 18 years. I still go to places. I was in Pontotoc, Mississippi this year. There were some elders in that church that prayed for me before I got saved. They said, we'd never go to a prayer room and your brother would not say, pray for my brother Jimbo. Pray for my brother Jimbo. And I've asked many to pray for my children. That God would do what only God can do. I've called out their name. I've told their story. I've done everything I can to get them to the one that can do something. Uh, he was not begging for himself, but they got under a burden. Who are we under a burden for tonight? If everyone we're under a burden for tonight gets touched by Jesus, I wonder how many will be touched. Notice what Jesus did. Isn't it kind of amazing? Verse 33, he took him aside from the multitude. There were many. There were many in this text. There were many situations. And there are tonight, you understand that. There's no telling how many lost family and friends are represented in this sanctuary tonight. There was many. But they got under a burden. They got him to Jesus. And the Bible said in verse 33, And he took him aside from the multitude. Jesus is concerned about one. He can't hear. More than likely he can't speak. But he can see that somebody cares. He took, I was reading that some of them educated men, and they said the, the deaf mutes that they, they, were always, they were always apprehensive about being in crowds. They always felt like people were looking at them. They couldn't talk like everyone else. That they, they couldn't hear. They couldn't hear at all like everyone else. And they would always feel kind of uh, nervous. And second class. Do you not see them when they come in and God starts moving in the service? Uh, it's more than just them I'm talking about tonight. They get a little nervous. Uh, it gets a little quiet, and the Holy Ghost starts moving. Uh, somebody needs to testify. Somebody needs to do uh, something. They want to start making some noise because uh, God's moving in, uh, and God. God's touching and God's revealing. So Jesus took him aside. There's a young boy in our church. His name's Creed. And Creed Young got saved at a little, not, well, ain't no, Brother Sammy said there ain't no such thing as little churches, but another church on up towards Bakersville. And it's as if the Lord had to take him away from Pleasant Valley to get him up there so he could hear that now. He took him aside. From the multitude, see they cared. They cared. Now this man Jesus is showing he cares. So you can tell them you care all you want. You can get your selfie out, and say I'm passing out five track, all that. You, they can't hear you, but they can see. Oh brother, Sam, I don't know why I quote him so much. I didn't go to Bible college. Those older, they were my college. He said to make sure you always love in word and in deed. Oh, I love you. I love you. I love this boy started seeing that somebody cared. Do you not remember when you was lost? and I mean they preached at you and it's right to give the truth and I, I mean you know they, they told you you was going to hell told you your life was a mess but somebody stepped in like Jude said and on some having compassion I remember when my brother he would preach at me preach to me I was following in the same footsteps he had been in he'd say God gonna have to kill our mama to get you right just like he took our daddy to get him right and we'd go at it and go at it and I had that long hair I'd get them Ogilvy perms put in in that, y'all don't even know what they are in the silver box with pink rods. Uh, I'd want to look like John Bon Jovi. Uh, he said, I know where you're at. I heard where you're at Friday night. I know where you, you're going to split hell wide open. And we always button heads. But he left to go to meeting. He lived on the backside of my mother's property. He left to go to meeting one day, and I was washing a red Z28 Camaro. And I was washing that thing, having my music blare, and he pulled up car up there and he rolled that window down and he did this I thought oh here we go again and I went over and I looked in and he had a tear he said Jimbo he said I'm going to quit talking to you about God he said I'm going to start talking to God about you he said I don't know if that's doctrinally right it worked see when me and him I loved it I went to Temple. It it wasn't Crown College then, but I went to the high school because they wouldn't let me go back to Knox County Schools any longer. I mean, I knew what to say. I knew Adam and Eve. We'd argue, debate. Why did God put it out there? He didn't want me to smoke it. Why did he let them make it if I wasn't... I mean, we got... But when he started coming at tear, he said, I'm going to quit talking to you about God. I didn't get saved that night. But I'm going to tell you Oh, Brother Edgar Thomas said the hounds of heaven started getting on my trail. Went to the pool hall that night. What I used to do at the pool hall, it didn't do what it did. You know why? Somebody cared. Somebody cared. Notice what happened. He took him aside from the multitude. The Bible said there he put his fingers into his ears. Didn't understand that. Why did he do that? Jesus didn't have to do that. But this man can't hear and he can't speak. So Jesus is doing something he can see. See, there were many magicians at that time, sorcerers at that time, but this wasn't a magician pulling the wool over. This wasn't a sorcerer pulling off the power of Baal or Beelzebub. Uh, This was the Creator incarnate. God incarnate in the flesh. Uh, And he gave him something that he could see. Uh, Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Uh, But he could not hear yet, Uh, but he was seeing that somebody cared. And he spit and he touched his tongue. He's gotta see that this alone is Jesus. And he's the one that's able to do what needs to be done in his life. Verse thirty four. Like Brother Davey said, just Sunday school lesson. Here's Jesus and looking up to heaven, he sighed and saith unto him, A pastor that is, be opened. This can you imagine being this man? You're deaf. You can't speak. You're in a multitude. This man, you don't, somebody brings you to a man that you do not know. He takes you away from the multitude. He's already spit. He's already put his fingers in you. I mean, it makes me a little nervous. But when they get there in verse number 34, he watches Jesus look up to heaven. And the Bible said he sighed. That word sighed right there, it means to release a breath, a deep breath. But it's a breath of grief and a breath of groaning. Uh, Jesus is looking at the product of sin. Uh, It caused him to sigh. He's seeing the pity and the sufferings that this man may have encountered since his birth. Uh, Noticing Jesus is headed to the place of the skull, that place called Calvary. And and he sighed, and he sighed. I just got to believe this man's looking at Jesus and he said, Somebody really cares I wonder are they out there looking in saying does anybody care does anybody really care and he said unto him I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right I tried to write it out E F A T H A it don't matter how it's only pronounced one time in the Bible but you know what it means because the Bible said what it means be open see the miracle wasn't in the fingers and the spit and all of that, that was the Lord showing that he cared. The principle's always gonna be true. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Jesus said one word, one word, a phathra that it be opened. See, the miracle was in the word. I don't know where they're at. I don't know if they're in a back alley. I know they're away from the multitude. I know they're just speaking, conversing. Jesus is conversing. And he looks up in the heaven. He sighs. then he looks at that boy and he says, Ephraim, be opened. I'm praying tonight in this building. Tried to pray all day in the motel room that God would speak to your situation. If God would just open some situations. I used to want him to do it all in one night. But if he would just crack the door open If he would just maybe start putting fingers in their ears, letting them know that he still does care. Hey, they may have done so many things. I've heard that recently, that they've done so much that God cannot love them. Hey, I used to feel that way before I got saved. But the Lord showed me that if there hadn't been anybody else, no matter how far I'd been, how low I'd win, that he loved me. I was just one, but he came to one and did what one needed he would just open it's snowing where I'm from tonight it's snowing in Burnsville y'all ever been to Burnsville I'm praying Hey, do you say it you know you went to school is it a fathom schoolboy how is it he don't know either it's, Buster said say it real fast because nobody else can pray a Fathra. I'm praying the Lord would say it in this building and just give you he may not do it all tonight but he would just open a door See, in 2022, opening up a door might be just a text message that you ain't had in a long time. Just a response. And I'm praying as he does it here at Safe Harbor that that word would get on that wind of the Holy Ghost. And blow it however you get to 40. She brought me in. I don't know if I'll ever get out of here, but I just listened to what she said. But to get it over to Interstate 40 and blow that Ephraim. Let it get to Marion and go up the mountain get to Spruce Pine where it's always dark and foggy. Uh, Let it get on 19 uh, and start settling down towards Burnsville. uh, And let it fall on those deaf ears uh, i preached to, I've yelled at, uh, I've cried to. uh, But if God, uh, if God would speak that word uh, where they are tonight, hey, this ain't just a Bible story. uh, This ain't just something out of history. uh, This actually happened. Happened, and God can do it tonight, brother. Ed Blue used to say, "God will never be working like this in here; that He's not working out there as well." So that's why miracles make us nervous. We really just wonder, can He really do it? Notice what happens: a fathor, that is be opened in verse thirty-five straightway. Brother Joel, he preached for us. Was you there at Jubilee straightway? It means to snap the finger immediately. Oh, Brother Buck, they, I told you he had cancer. They had to take him to the VA hospital this morning. Brother Buck couldn't speak well because of the cancer, but he texted me the next morning. What do they call them? Emojis, emojis? And it was them snapping fingers. See, we're preaching to more people now than we are on these four walls i got people, if it's going through, that are listening tonight, they need a father to come up where they are. It's not just down here. It's not just up there. Uh, It's you and I getting under that burden again, uh, carrying that burden. Uh, That's why Paul said, bear ye one another's burdens, uh, because those that are bearing get up under the load uh, of those that cannot carry it anymore. Uh, So fulfilling the law of Christ. Uh, I'm glad God's put this thing together, and it does work, and it will work. Straightway, straightway, his ears were opened. His ears, both of them, they were cleared. Wouldn't it be something to go home tonight and their ears be opened? I know I talked about him a lot. I don't know why it happens down here so much. But when I got saved, it was like my brother and I became best friends. We had fought. I called him a hypocrite one night. He chased me outside. I'm glad he didn't catch me for my life and the sake of his ministry. I said, all you do is run up down these roads, fleece old men and women. I said, you don't even want to work a real job. I said, you're a hypocrite. So he got mad. But after I got saved, we could talk about sweet Jesus. See, he had talked about that before. I couldn't hear it. He talked about when he was lost and he got under conviction and God saved him. When our daddy was lost and he got under conviction and God saved, but I, I couldn't hear it. Couldn't hear it. But when God did that work, this took one word. That's because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Straightway his ears were opened and the string of his tongue was loosed. Now the Bible's silent right there. One old timer said stay silent where it's But I, I just read in the white part. I wonder what he said. I wonder what the first thing he said. I believe he wants to say first of all, thank you Jesus. For doing what I could not do. And then I believe in verse 32 he wants to thank they. That got him to the one that could do what he needed done. And then I believe you could not shut him up Sunday when he went to church. Said there was a blind boy, and his. I mean, every time a meeting to get on, preacher would say, "Anybody I once was blind, but now I see." Boy, he'd see him jump up, and he's like, "I can do that." I once was deaf and I could not speak, but a man took me aside, spoke one word, did what I could not do. You'll never convince me that he didn't tell it till the day that he died. You start watching these miracles; they had to hear. Of other things Jesus did. To give them hope. To get theirs to where the Lord was. No, I'm done. I got to get done. 37. We ain't going to deal with 36. Brother Josh can deal with that. But verse 37. That men I read after. They said these in verse 37. are those in verse 32 that brought him. And were beyond measure astonished. Saying he hath done all things well. The word astonished right there, beyond measure, and then astonished, it means super abundantly. It means exceedingly. Yes, it, and, and astonished just means they were simply amazed. That's like, this really did work. Yeah. Uh-huh. I'm just being honest. Yeah. I'm trying to preach hope to our people when our little girl's about to die, I don't know if she's going to live or not, and then I see her coming in with a walker and that tube in her nose, and I'm like, thank God this really does work (laughs) you probably won't be that honest I, I see families about to bust up. There's no way. You've had meetings. You've had talks. You've read Dobson's book to them. Uh, you prayed, cried, read. But you see God do something. And you see them come in and they got their arm around each other again. And they're smiling. And the babies ain't crying. Uh, and I just do like this. And I say, thank God it still works. Uh, I'm telling you, God is... A- they were astonished. I wish... You know, my other disciples at one time, they said, what was it they said? They said, we'd never seen it on that fashion. Yes, that's right. How long has it been since we've been in a service where we went out the door saying, I never saw it on that fashion? Hey, he can still do it. Yes, sir. He can still do it. But notice what they said. He said. They said, he hath done all things well. He hath done all things well. The person of the Savior. He hath done that's past situations. All things. You know what all things means? All things. We looked at all last night. Anything, everything, the whole thing. He's, when it's all said and done. And Junior's, Junior's talking now. Junior can hear what the preacher's saying now. He's crying when he hears Brother Stacy preach on I'm not going to hell. He can hear now. And they said he hath done all things well. You know what that word well means? He did all things right. God will do right. Man does have a choice. Man can refuse. Man can resist. Man can die and go to hell. God is the so sovereign that God gave man a will knowing what man would do with that will so man could not stand before the Lord at the great white throne judgment and say that he never had a choice. He hath done all things well. Do you have one tonight? Most of us probably got many. There's so much liberty. I was was preaching to our church about prayer. Can I take five more minutes? Up on the mountain. Are we on the live stream? I got their permission. I got their permission. There was a young boy in our church. And for 16 years he had prayed for a godly wife. They're getting few and far between and on the other side of Burnsville, there was a young lady praying for a godly husband. And God let them divinely meet. And we had a wedding. It looked like something out of a fairy tale book. Somehow they draped garland from the ceiling and had candles in it. And I mean, you know, here he stands and there she comes. It was everything you could pitch book right. Three months later, he's at work. They're living at her mom and dad's house because they bought a house and they're remodeling it. And before he, the man from our church, before he gets home, her brother that lived in that same house, he came in and something snapped. We'll never know and it wouldn't change anything. But he walked up to his mom and dad, took a firearm, took them out of this world. He went after his sister. He shot her once. She tried to barricade herself in the door, in her bedroom. He kicks the door down. Are we on? We're fine. He kicks the door down and he takes his sister out of this world. He goes running out firing at the policemen. And we're in Burnsville. These men knew him. They have to return fire. And three months almost to the date that we had that picture wedding in that church, there were four caskets. The place was packed. They couldn't put it on the news because everybody—I mean, Fox knew all them was—you know—they just wanted something till the next thing happened. They couldn't—I mean—they couldn't put it on the radio. I mean, it was just immediate family and friends in church. Place was packed. Her pastor—he did the majority of the service. The family had asked me to say something at the end. There were so many questions about why did God allow this did God ordain this? No, God didn't ordain it. No. And I thought, what am I going to be able to say, Lord? I can get something out of the funeral book, out of Robert the Rules I can get, I said, Lord, and I remember what Jesus said to Peter. He said, Peter, behold, he said, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan hath desired to have thee, that he may sift you as wheat. Jesus knew that day was coming, but he didn't stop it. There's many days, Lord willing, if I'm alive and you're back tomorrow night, we're going to look at a day in your life. And the days came, and it's so hard to understand that that the Lord, he didn't stop it. My brother, babies. The same family, his sister had twins carrying little red-headed twin girls in the same family. And through COVID and misdiagnosis and everything, she lost the first twin and they had to go in and do the C-section to get the other. And I go up to tell, talk to the mama and the daddy and the grandma. She's looking up into the dark night saying, why God, why, why? Jesus knew it was coming to Peter. But he didn't stop it. But he said, But I have prayed for thee that thy faith fail not. Not saving faith, not losing it, but that you don't quit, that you continue. He said, Well, if I could get all the answers, I I will never get them. Well, when I get to heaven, I'm off. No, it ain't going to matter then. Former things are going to be passed away. You know what we're going to say if we do say anything? He hath done all things well. Every head bowed, every eye closed. The altar's open tonight. Would you like to bring your one? I'm getting ready to turn it over to the under shepherd here, and I'm gonna try I'm gonna try to crawl back up under the burden. Now I'm just being honest. I told my wife, I said everything's just kind of looking better. And I've just kind of let it slide a little bit. They can't hear. You ever try to talk to them with your heart and they just look at you like a dog caught. You? They just look at you like, "What are you saying?" They can't hear it. You can yell at them. You can get angry at them. You can weep. You can cry. They can't hear. They in verse 32 may have done all that. After they'd done all they could, they said, We've got to get into Jesus. Just one. Boy, one would be amazing if it was yours, it's mine.